0: Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima-Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. Hello, and welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today, I'm excited to bring to you Shannon Kenny Carbonell. Shannon is a former actress and author of the memoir, All is Not Lost, which is a book for every mom who's ever felt lost or stuck in that what's next for me moment, which I think, honestly, we've all gone through at one point or many in our lives. So welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I have a little bit of a confession. I don't watch Lost. So... You don't have to trust so, me. You know, I think I seen a couple, but I had no idea. So I love the name of your book, and when I found out the premise behind it, I was like, yeah. "I don't watch Lost though." Yeah. So, but so,
1: it really it you you are not required to watch Lost to to read the book, and also if you're a fan of Lost. I almost feel like it should come with a little bit of a warning that it's not a big tell-all about Lost. (laughs) And yet we were in Hawaii that year because my husband was filming on Lost. And so there's there's a lot of sort of parallels that I make between Lost and the journey I was going through. Because I was a huge Lost fan, actually, before my husband even was on the show.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when you get time, you don't have time now with your kids being the age they are. But when you do get time, well, I mean, I kind of think it's a show that nobody's going to hate at all. And you're only going to really like or Really love.
0: Yeah, a lot of my friends. I mean, I remember when the final episode came out and all of that. But I don't know. Yeah. Like, even now, like, I don't have time to watch like Netflix or sit no. down and do no, any don't. of that. So yeah. one time, I promise I will, and then I'll understand the parallels in the book. But
1: yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah, but you, yeah, the book is not about. I've I've gotten yeah. in trouble with, uh, for, with a few reviews from people who thought it was really about lost. But if you just read the cover and stuff, right. you see no, it's not, it's, it's no. The, yeah. And I've never been invited to a hall anyway. That doesn't interest me.
0: No. So yeah. <laughs> I want to start off by asking, what was your biggest mom win of the week?
1: My biggest mom win of yes. the
0: week. there's a new <laughs> one. Is sort of
1: well, no. I, well, okay. I'll I'll confess the kind of a, a little angry mom moment I had first. Okay. Is my I, I, we had said to my son who's going into tenth grade that he was you know doing his new courses and. For 10th grade. And I said to him, I really want you to sign up for something that has got to do with the school. Like it's got to have, you know, some sort of school spirit in it, like a sports team or he's a skateboarder. So there's no skateboarding team at school. (laughs) And this year, God bless him, he signed up for and auditioned for and got into the jazz band. And yeah, and was playing in the rhythm section. But with nobody, right oh. at home, in front of you know our Right, he he's not back in school yet at all, huh? Because no. being
0: in tenth grade, they're still yeah, yeah. pretty oh.
1: restricted. He's gone back one day, so that was kind of like a mom angry moment because he did not. And asked after I asked him that, he didn't sign up for any. It was sort of join our classes and and I, I saw that he he quit the jazz band, which was a real bummer for me because he never really got to be in a band. Yeah. So I kind of I lost my cool a little because I warned him I I really want you to join something. So he decided to join the volleyball team. So that was sort of like a mom lose moment. I, but I
0: he joined there. something he joined a team.
1: I guess that's a win, but <laughs> that it was is a, a win before the win. But I think a loss I mean a mom win moment. Was that my husband and I have really noticed how mature he's getting, and he's just a kid that my first son was is a kid that kind of came out as a thirty year old. Like he he he, kind of, he looked at us as when he came out. I'm not joking in the first few minutes, and we were like. He sort of looked at us and and he gave us a look like oh I'm not sure if you're good enough to be our parents (laughs) oh my god he's really looking at us like that and it was so weird and we were like oh he's like a ninth timer like he's been here a few times an old soul yeah an old soul whereas my first one came out like it was his first time and he seems like that kind of a kid like he's making all the mistakes for the first time and And he seems a little younger and yet we really see it now he's maturing and he's starting to really deal with the world as a young man. And we've just noticed that it was like the other day we're sitting at dinner and he was talking to us. We were like, wow, he's really maturing. I guess that's a mom win, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) I can't believe you're a half empty nester kind Um, of that's crazy. Because I have a
1: nester as husband, <laughs> oh, <so. that's laughs> well, a husband. That's
0: another pun. Oh word. my goodness, that's <laughs> hilarious. I... That's
1: a dad joke from a mom.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. Well, on that note, give us a little bit of background of your family structure. So uh, ages of your kids, what does your family look like at this very moment? My
1: 19-year-old son, who's 19 tomorrow, is at the University of Michigan. So he's all the way on the other side of the country. My soon-to-be 16-year-old is doing classes from his bedroom, so he's always here. And my husband also had not, wasn't working for a year because he's in the industry and he was doing a show and no shows shot because of the rules of COVID. So it was, it's really been, right now, the three of us at home. All the time. We haven't even been doing family dinners because it's like, why would we sit down and look at each other when we've been doing that all day, basically?
0: (laughs) So So it's such an interesting kind of contrast because your book was written about the early stages and Mm. all of that and of having to pick, you know, motherhood and raising these young children. And now they're all leaving the nest. So what's kind of your next thing? How are you feeling emotionally in comparison to maybe the past? And like, what? Uh, yeah. What's going on in your head right now? Well, I think actually, because in the
1: beginning, you know, I was really mourning the loss of my career, which was acting, and I, I worked very steadily as an actress. I wasn't a huge name or star, but so when I stopped that and I was just a full time mom, I was really in a very kind of a lost place because I had come to this country to do that. I had, I'm from Australia, and I had gone to theater school. It, it, it was all about being an actress. So when I stopped doing that, there was a big void inside of me, and I didn't quite know what that was all about even. And so through the book, you see, it was about a lot of different things, but it was a big part of it was about I forgot that I had lost, I had stepped away from anything creative in my life. And so filling that void for me, is everything. And now I am so happy that I figured that out because I don't know what I would be doing now. And now I'm, you know, I, I wrote the book and I'm now I'm in this strange marketing side of it, doing more than I ever did as an actress. You kind of just get told what to do as an actress and you sort of go along with it. And this is really kind of grassroots marketing that, I mean, I have a publicist and I have the, also the marketing person at the publisher but we're doing a lot of it ourselves too so it's a big education um, okay there goes my oh
0: no it's totally okay
1: i know this was gonna tell them actually to maybe do other things <laughs> like, oh there you
0: well, it's good because you're on a podcast called mommy's on a call, which means, so the whole premise of the podcast too, was that my children were so loud running in like all over the place. And I literally one day just yelled out, mommy's on a call. Can you just all shut up and leave me alone? And that's how the right. name of the podcast came about. So dogs barking, husband's walking oh. in, you know, I've seen <laughs> it all. <laughs> um. I, had, I was going to say, I had someone's husband walk in with Starbucks for his wife and she's like honey I, can you not see i'm like doing something it's so hysterical. don't worry about it it's really funny too
1: because that's always Nestor. he does a lot of voiceover auditioning or voiceovers and i'm always walking in and he's like i'm taping <laughs> it's funny that it's me actually
0: nice role reversal there yeah it is it's fun I, I do have to tell you
1: too because of COVID and and having him he's often away he actually worked this morning but he's often away. And during that time of, of parenting, he was away all the time. He, nothing shoots in LA anymore.
0: Okay. And
1: he was in Vancouver a lot of the time, New York, Hawaii for a big majority. Before. We only moved there for a year, but he was away years and years. So I, w- it was, it, I was alone with the kids a ton. And so now it just seems really, it's great because this is a time of, of kind of heavy work for me. And I haven't done that in years, this this kind of stuff. And he's just been amazing. He's been amazing. Kind of like my manager. He's like been handling me like a, you know, I'm, a, I'm the boxer or something and he's the, he's
0: the guy. I love that. I love relationships where now he can step in and take that role. And, you know, there's just that sort of like flow and understanding. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I want to ask you, so like after 2020, you know, all of these women left the workforce, they found themselves at home, some of them by choice, some of them not by choice because of all the layoffs. And, you know, there are a lot of moms out there that are kind of hitting pause on their career now, because whether they were forced into it or whether now they just decided, well, I guess this is my opportunity. I need to focus on homeschooling or doing whatever that is to help out their family. What advice can you give to them after experiencing all of that? Like, what should they do right now? Should they take a pause in their career? Should they, you know, or what are some of the things that kind of now reflecting backwards you, you Mm -hmm. think about, and you're like, I wish I had thought about this or done that.
1: Well, I actually, I don't really know if I should have done it differently because maybe I should have maybe, no, I don't think I, I could have. I couldn't have dealt with the problem any faster than I did because it just had to, Okay. So I think the problem just had to be there and kind of ferment and for me to get that lost to actually really figure out, I figured out a lot of stuff. It wasn't just about my career. It was actually a lot of stuff I'd lost about myself as a person. Mm-hmm. So in terms of work, I can only speak to my career because I'm not sure about how long women can leave other careers, but I know as an actress, you really can't, you can't step out for too long especially at my age or the age I was in my 40s then, you, you just can't, unless you're a big star. Uh, when I, I was sort of you know, a working actor, you know, I had no power at all. And there's so many, just, just, it's, it's you are a part of million, like a sea of actors who want jobs. So when you have no power like that, you, you will just it'll be very hard to get back in. And there's always people to replace you. So if you're in that kind of a job, I'm not sure what you do. I'm not sure you, and also that relies on looks and youth. Well, mm-hmm. I think you have to be realistic when you step out that it's going to be very hard to get back in. And if it's a very superficial industry like Hollywood is, and I'm sorry the the women that tell you you know I'm you know I'm really doing some great art here and blah, blah, blah. They're very lucky. They're at the top of their game. It's like the A crowd in high school. They're usually very talented women and they deserve to be there, but they are the A crowd and that's it. And it's very hard to get into that group. And so they are doing meaningful stuff, but the rest of the actors are just trying to get work and And it's superficial, it's superficial. It's all about a look. It's about what somebody feels about you at that time. You're not gonna finance a movie. So it's a very superficial way of getting work at that point. It's sort of what somebody feels about you in that minute, you know, after they eat their chicken sandwich and maybe they have a little indigestion when you walk into the audition and they can't even focus on you at that moment. So you've lost that job. You know, that's how flighty it is. It's really
0: pretty (laughs) cutthroat.
1: It is so cutthroat. Wow. And there's a lot of nepotism. So I would be wary of of walking out when you, if you really want to stay in. If If that's not your job, I mean, if that's not your situation, I think it's amazing to walk out and spend that time with your children. I don't necessarily think the children suffer because now I've really seen it with my kids being grown up and that the working moms who really had to work for either by choice or not by choice, I think their kids turned out beautifully. I think my kids turned out great. I think the moms who really can manage to do it half by half, I think they're the really lucky ones. I think their kids turned out beautifully. I think the moms that hovered over their kids and were maybe a bit helicoptery, I think their kids turned out beautifully. I think the moms that gave their kids a long leash. I think their kids turned out really well too. I don't think that matters. I always think it's for you
0: Right. And so that's actually, so let me turn this around and ask you personally. Despite the situation, had you, say, the situation didn't even exist where you had to choose to, you know, stop to do this, becoming a mom, did that change you in terms of how you viewed your pre mom life as an actress versus once you became a mom? Like, do you actually think those things that you were passionate about? And I know, I mean, like, I feel the same way in which sometimes I turn to my husband and I'm like, I feel like i'm not living up to my potential like i studied i like got an mba i did all these things and you know now i'm not working in that you know big corporate job but then again as a mom i don't want that so did you ever feel that shift and say actually you know maybe i don't want that but there are other things that i really do enjoy doing how can i how can i go about doing that like do you think you had a big shift regardless of the situation Oh, I had a huge shift. And I talk about it in my book. It
1: felt, instead of not caring about my career, it felt like I became a little impotent. Like I still cared, but I just didn't have this sort of, this. all the shine sort of wore off my career in a weird way. And I still wanted it. I was still really ambitious, but I just, I felt really drawn to the kids and yet I still wanted to be an actor but I didn't it didn't have I just I felt infinite um I I felt flaccid do
0: Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah
1: and I kind of didn't want to feel that way at all but something just came into my life that was so it was I guess more important But at the same time, my ego was still there and my ambition was still there. Like you said, like you said, I, I, you know, I'm really well trained at this. I know I'm good at this. I mean, I didn't always know that as an actor, you are constantly questioning yourself. But I think it's much different when you get a business degree and you, you really know your stuff and that's a hard place to be. And to, and you, you nailed it. Like when you said you you know, you have something to put out into the world. Like, you know, you have a skill set and a talent. And yet it's very hard when you're a worker to kind of put that aside because you're always telling yourself, I have this thing that I can do. And it's it's a drive, right? It's an ambition. And it's not in your nature to, to not put that out in the world. And yet you have these kids that you're really drawn to. And let's face it, that is not that stimulating, or you're not using that part of your brain. Right. <laughs> it's real, I find that really hard. It's very hard to reconcile with both.
0: Well, I love you said something about creative, like you get to be creative in a different way. And I think I had a friend who she was like in marketing or whatnot, and, you know, she became a stay-at-home mom, but then she decided like her passion was really in that marketing side. So she ended up joining the board on her school and focusing Mm -hmm. on volunteer work in that. And so how did you leverage your creativeness or how did you find ways to stimulate that creativity? when you were being a mom and then to now, like what, what pushed you over the edge to say, I'm actually going to write a book. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to do this.
1: It was a lot of searching. Like I, you know, I was like, I-, I love to bake. I'll try baking. And yet I didn't love it that much, you know? And I wish I'd been one of those moms that could really be a volunteer at school, but it required a whole skill set I, did- I just didn't have, I was not organized. I'm not type A. I'm not any of that. And anyway, my boys got to an age where they didn't really want me around that much. So I sort of tried that too. And I'd volunteered over the years too, especially when I wasn't working, you know, I did Project Angel Food and and my son has a, a very severe disease. He's fine, but it will be his whole life. So we were very interested in that and Wounded Warriors, but that was not feeling me creatively. It's sort of like I journaled a lot in Hawaii and... When I came home, I, I looked at the journals. And as an actress, I was always a writer. I always journaled and wrote my backstory and stuff like that. And I think it just was a natural transition. And I just found it and I really liked it. It didn't require me sort of relying on other people being on a set at a certain time, waiting for other actors to, to, to film their shot. You know, sometimes actors wouldn't know their lines. You know, things sets get held up all the time. I worked the first two years with my son, my first son, Rafa. And it was a very low, actually, it was a pretty non-demanding job, but it was a series. And there were days where I wouldn't even get to wake him up and then I wouldn't see him go to bed. Those were really hard days for me. And so I kind of knew, I I don't know if I want to do that and that impotence we talked about. I would even have trouble learning my lines sometimes. I was a really big studier as an actor. I was a worker. I knew all my backstory. I never didn't know a line. It was a really strange place for me to be. But writing was different. It was, was, I could just do, I mean, it took me a long time because in the beginning I was with the kids so much and my husband was gone. I would only write an hour a day. But I immediately, as soon as I wrote, my happiness level rose. And it was, if I didn't write, my happiness level went down. So I could almost track it. And so it was very small little chunks. I'm kind of really impressed that you have a podcast and your kids are this age.
0: This is my creative, kind of like how you in writing, I mean, I am in the process of writing a book too, but Mm -hmm. I think for me, this was my way of showcasing my voice and just, it's my self-care. And so actually that is a question for you, is that you said journaling, you love to journal, you felt alive, you felt, you know, it was kind of that positive thing. Do you continue to journal now? And do you have any other daily practices that you do to kind of fuel you? Like, what is your fuel?
1: I don't journal. I wish I did. I journal because we were away. It's really, I really need to keep journaling. Sometimes though, I wouldn't have remembered that whole year like I did. A lot of my girlfriends gave me journals because they're like, you're in Hawaii. You got to write about this every day. And I did. I wished I did it now. Sometimes I think just as a writer, you really remember important parts of your life I have a terrible memory, but I do remember so many little things and they're kind of, I realize they're the important things as a daily practice. I do write every day, just about some, I have to write for some reason or another. And I really even think that writing an email or a Facebook message or even a letter is writing. So that for me is really good. I, and so I do that every day.
0: Yeah, do you have any other practices that you kind of do daily or what is kind of your self-care or, you know, what fuels you?
1: My real, so because my hobby of writing has become a little bit of a job now, I found another hobby. Hobbies are so important. That's really important. When I was an actress, I didn't really have hobbies and I was very single-minded and I think that hurt me. I did find tennis at, at, at one point in my acting career and I was, I've was never learned tennis as I was growing up. And I, I went to a Catholic school, it was very bare bones and I learned tennis and I noticed that I, my, I got more acting jobs because I was so into tennis, you know? But, and so I have found hobbies and I've encouraged my kids to do the same and, and it's been really good for them too. But I, I love gardening and then I really got into making terrariums. Oh, I love it. And I think it's something to do a little bit with storytelling because I like making the little worlds in the glass.
0: Yeah. And it's creativity too. It is. And
1: it's so relaxing for me. So I do do that. I do that all the time.
0: So I guess it is
1: practice. I do that.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, I know. Like in your book, you were very—you felt very alone and things like that—and you reached out for support. But were you ever good at asking for help, or did you do you do that now? Like, do you know how to ask for help more and help for support and you know opening up to others now because of that experience, or what stopped you back then from getting help?
1: Well, I'm really good at opening up to my husband.
0: <laughs> <He's> laughing.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's like, do you really have to more? What now? Oh, it's going to be a long one. I can feel this. So, and I think as we were in the same profession. It's, and it's all about opening up, really, and digging down really deep into parts of yourself. I think that was always very easy. And actor friends, that's very easy, too, because that's what we all did and do.
0: Reaching out for help, like with your kids, because even though I know some moms, especially if they're stay at home moms or a full-time mom, they feel guilty asking for help because they feel like that is their job. But I always say like, we all need help in some way, shape or form. And so like, don't be afraid to ask for that outsource things when you were in that position. How did you feel about all that?
1: Yeah. I was one of those. I, I always felt guilty. It's so dumb. I did, but I did also have help, definitely, when Nestor was gone. And then when he came back, I didn't, I can't, you know, I didn't, I, we loved our nanny. She came three mornings a week. And then when, if we need to babysitting and the kids loved her, we had her for years. So, and it transitioned into different kinds of things. And then, you know, the, the kids would start to be at school But then, you know, my friends started to know her. So she always had work and stuff like that. And even now, you know, we'll still see her and and I love her daughters. And it's been a real, it's a real friendship now. But in those days, yes, those three mornings were essential. And it just meant I, I like to stay up late and I like to sleep in.
0: Oh, I'm the same way. Oh, bad as a mom, like the hours, (laughs) this didn't suit me. The
1: mom hours. (laughs) That's a great creative. I mean, that's really good for creatives because you can do that a lot. So she was great. She was great for like, oh, I just want to take a nap, that kind of stuff. (laughs) So yes, I did get help that way. And I think it's sort of very um, common in this country, not in Australia so much, to have somebody come and clean your house once a week. and. And we do have a couple who do that, who we also really adore. And then gardeners, right? We have a gardener once a week. That's so
0: interesting that that's not common in Australia.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. Wow. Not in any culture at all. So (laughs) interesting. Maybe, maybe now, and I grew up in a real working class suburb just never heard of maybe now in different suburbs you know in sydney they do it more i just don't know my friends never did it
0: interesting did you ever feel then when you had one because like australia that was it hard for you to adopt to that or were you like (laughs) nope i need the help
1: (laughs) it was odd at first you know in hawaii too it's not a nanny culture so yeah none of the moms really got it over there either I don't think it was hard for me to, 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 get, to get the help. That was great. I think it would have been really hard for me to submit to a full-time nanny because I would be like, well, then what am I doing? I was, I, I'm a worker. I wanted to work. Although I'm not as much as a worker as I was. I think I was exhausted. I worked, I mean, straight Australia you work from 14 on, but I was exhausted just for the work that you need to do as an actress. Yeah. And I was a worker too. So we never stopped. And there was a point when the kids got older that I was just like, oh, I need a rest. And I do think I am much easier on myself now about that stuff.
0: Well, on that note about kind of relationships, you two were both working, you were both working actors. Now, how do you balance your relationship? How do you make time? I mean, this helps a lot of, a lot of moms out there have husbands who are busy working. There may not be actors, but they travel, they own companies. They're gone. Like pre COVID. I mean, some of my friends, their husbands would be gone all day or on business trips. So, for the mom that's at home, like, how do you make time for your relationship? What, like, how do you nurture that? And how do you make sure that you two communicate? Do you have any tools or tips that you, cause you've survived so much? I mean, <laughs> I just reading about the like resentment and anger and like I felt all of those feelings. And it's like, you know, how can you just go off and vanish when I'm here? And like, you can just come and go. And, but I can't do that. And, I spoke at a mommy and me yesterday about just kind of parenting. They started to bring up their spouses and they were like, I don't understand. Like my spouse can just walk out the door and shut it off. But like, if I need to leave, it's like, I have a list of everything needs to be for the kids and thinking about all this stuff. Like, how do you manage your relationship and how did you keep it strong throughout all these years, despite it all?
1: The way, and it's not perfect. I mean, boy, we have times when it gets icy and it really did during COVID there was we were during COVID it was about really being with each other too much and and then getting like so confusing like I'd say we we need to talk more and he'd go we're talking all the time oh my god what more do you need and there was a time and then we had the boys here a lot too right and we're like oh my gosh, we don't want to fight in front of them. We literally took ourselves outside and we sat down and we pretended there was a therapist in front of us. And this is, I guess, where acting comes in handy. Like you can just pretend all the time. And we literally gave ourselves a therapy session because it was at this point of the communication was so bad that we we couldn't figure out what was going on. So we were talking to the therapist saying, he's doing this all the time and I need, and it kind of worked. It really kind of repaired things, but it wasn't, it was like a slow burn for a couple of months where it, we were just not dealing well with each other. So I think that kind of communication does help. And I think, I really do think we do have that purely because we were taught as actors to, to really dig down deep and communicate. And that's kind of the annoying thing about actors, too, because it's just like, oh, God, I ask you how you are. And then we're here for an hour and you have not stopped telling me how you are. <laughs> that's like, oh, that's too much sometimes.
0: I'm learning things new about actors. I had no idea that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of actors. And that's in fact, that's what I love. And that's a little bit of the resentment that came in when Nesta was always working. I missed that. I really missed actors because they are really joyful people on the most part and just love and children Uh, they're kind of kids too as well and I kind of miss that playfulness that I know he was getting on the set and because he'd come home and tell me of all the funny things and even though I was I would live vicariously and I was really happy hearing the stories and I was resentful yes very resentful that I wasn't there. And at the same time, I I knew logically in my mind that he had to be there. He had to feed our family. His career was doing really well. It was a smart choice. I wanted the choice too. And yet, so it's a really hard place to be when your mind knows he's doing exactly the right thing. He's doing nothing wrong. And yet I'm resenting him. So it was so confusing. That's a really confusing place to be.
0: What do you think is like a tip that you can give to really kind of overcome that and to like come out the other side? Because I know there are a lot of people who feel that exact same way and looking back and maybe reflecting over it. Was there a key moment or key thing, mindset switch or whatever that might be that really changed that view for you?
1: I guess talking about it, being really open, like just saying just that. So trying to get it clear in your own head first, trying not to act on what you know is sort of hypocritical in your head, that's hard. But trying to, maybe if you do act on impulse, like go back and apologize and say, but this is what I'm feeling. Even though I know you're a good man, you are doing everything right. I'm so sorry, but I don't know why, I don't know why. And then then of course trying to curb your impulses and then, and then try to find something that fills you, obviously. And that you don't need your husband, you don't need to, that resentment to fill it instead, right? Yeah. So that's key. That that place of resentment is just an empty place that you need something else to fill it. Yeah. And that's what I did. I still get resentful. He does too. He does too. You know, when I some sometimes I go away. And, you know, if I've got a girl's trip, especially when my girlfriend's from Hawaii, because we all want to see each other, oh my gosh, she'll be like, when are you coming home? Oh, you have another day? Oh my God. You know, it's it, they know how hard it is. And I think because we're both actors too, we know how easy it is on the set, compared to being home.
0: <laughs> right, because you have someone to cook for you and take care of you, exactly. and it's like- Exactly.
1: And oh. actors are spoiled on those sets, oh man. They're way too spoiled. Do onset. they
0: spoil the families too that are there?
1: Yes. No. Oh, no. Not when no. you're not no. upset. No. 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 no.
0: <laughs> I was actually curious. How were your children? How did they adjust to everything? I mean, like, you know, bringing them there when they're young and then bringing them back. And, you know, how how did they cope with things? Or do they ever talk about that now?
1: Yeah. They see it as this amazing time. Marco doesn't remember it. Rafa just sees it as this fantastic year, but they had some coping problems. Yes, they did. I remember in the beginning, Rafa was really, he's a very easygoing kid and he, he was having meltdowns a lot and not wanting to do what everybody else wanted to do. And then Marco, he was little, he was really cute. He was only four, but, and we had this house that we really we splurged in that year. We had a house that we could never have afforded ever and we will never afford again, right on the beach. And it was a little bit bigger than our house, but not so much, but he would get lost all the time in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing. And I think it was a sort of, I don't know, he couldn't get acclimated. Hmm. And we'd go, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm trying to find the bathroom. And we're like, There's only a few bathrooms, you know, there's like one there, one here, one over there. It was odd. Did they
0: make friends and stuff there? Yes,
1: they did. And I think that's where being an actress kid did have an advantage because, you know, we're in Hawaii. It's not Hollywood where every second child is an actress child, you know, and some of them hugely famous actors, kids. There's nothing here, but over there, that that was pretty special that Lost was there and people loved that. And so that, that made, gave them a bit of an edge and being from Los Angeles, you know, that gave them an edge too. Yeah. So that was easier, I think, but yeah, they didn't really have trouble making friends. They, they, I mean, that Island is so welcoming. No, and it's very transitional too, because of the military mm, and right. the productions, the, the TV productions that come and go. I think ever since Magnum, you know, it, they've always had a couple of shows there.
0: And Hawaii Five-0. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and Hawaii Five-0. So it, it's just a transitionary. I mean, some people get island fever. So they're used to, it, it, on the island, they're used to kids coming and going and they're really friendly people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I loved talking about all of this stuff and hearing all, you know, going from the beginning to where you are now. But I wanted to ask my final question, which is what is your mom's superpower that you gained once you became a mom that makes you better in either your career or life? So a superpower you didn't have pre-mom life, but now you have because you became a mom.
1: I think definitely I have different priorities. That's my superpower is that other things other than keeping my kids alive and my husband alive and loved. And that's the most important thing. So everything else falls away in importance and it becomes a superpower because you're just more relaxed about it and you're not muscling everything like I used to. And then I think that's sort of amazing. And also you gain a lot of wisdom
0: you get your mom's sense.
1: <laughs> you do. And you get life sense. Everything changed. The way I saw the world changed. And I feel like even, I feel like you get, that's a superpower too, wisdom. And that also is age. You know, I love this age. This age is just like wisdom growing. And I love that I see the world very specifically now and that I'm not as easily swayed or fooled. Mm. I've like never understood power before. I never understood when people were trying to grab power. Yeah, not necessarily people I loved and stuff. Just the world. I never understood that. I don't know why I didn't understand power dynamics. You probably understand it more because you're in business. I just never got that. Now I really get it.
0: And but you're also Australian, and Australians like I love Australians because they just love everyone, and they're so. <laughs> I think I think like it, the culture of Australia. You don't see that. I think oh. I think that's something kind of. American, in a sense. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe, yeah it's, not, and no. No, it's not everybody, no, but no, maybe that is, yeah, we don't do that so much. No, we don't. Maybe that's why I never saw it. And, yeah, and when you're young too, you're not interested in the world as a, a bigger place that your children are going to inherit. So, yeah, you're not as, I was never as conscious of what was going on around me in terms of world order and
0: right.
1: politics, of course, and you know, I want to know that this place is going to be a good place for my children.
0: I think when we're young, we're, we're kind of selfish because we're only thinking of our place in society. But then once you have kids, all of a sudden you're responsible for something else. And that's I think, right. I think that's where a lot of that perspective and values change. Yeah. Do you think you have another book in you? Yes, I do. I you do. do. I
1: want to write a novel next. Ooh, yeah.
0: A fiction <laughs> novel or it's- nonfiction?
1: fiction. No, 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 fiction, complete fiction. fiction. It's based on a true story and a really wild story that my two of my girlfriends and I happened to find ourselves in, but I want to fictionalize it. Oh. It's hard to stick to the truth. <laughs> that book, I, all that's not lost is the absolute truth.
0: Yeah. Well, it was very real, raw, and honest. So I appreciate yeah. that in your writing. But so besides, so I was going to say, we can find your book everywhere pretty much. All is not lost. And I know it's out now, so people yeah. can buy it. And then where else can we find you online? I have a website.
1: It's called, it's Shannon, double N-O-N, Kenny, K-E-N-N-Y, com. And there's a lot of stuff on the website and I'm starting to write newsletters and stuff like that. So- Go there if you wish. And on Instagram, I'm new Shannon JKC.
0: Amazing. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for joining today. Good luck with your, you know, your college kid and your 10th grader and with everything. And I wish Good you the best of success. Good luck thank, with your you, thank you for taking time out today. I appreciate it. And I love the little nester and doggy pop in. <laughs>
1: you would join me the whole time if you'd let him.
0: I should have done a couples one, you know, just asking because you both are parents and it's for parents. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.